Welcome to the Building Community Podcast, a show for thought leaders like you. You know that success depends on relationships between your organization and the people in and around it. In our show, I speak with experts about building people networks and engaging community. Together, we share how community helps you reach your corporate goals. I'm your host, Simona Pecha, and I've been empowering organizations for a decade and a half doing exactly that. Ready for it? Listen in as we set out to make communities thrive. The beauty of online community is it's changing all the time. It's innovating. This is what Susan Tenby enjoys most about her work as Director of Global Community at TechSoup, a nonprofit that uses the power of technology for social good. They provide technical support and technological tools to other nonprofits around the globe. Susan oversees TechSoup's social media, community forums, events, programs, and community management strategy. They're all aimed at impacting, inspiring, and engaging others. Susan started working with online communities and social media over 20 years ago, and she firmly believes that both online community and social media should complement each other. And Susan's advice? Give your members space to engage with each other so that they can best benefit from your organization's larger network. Thank you so much, Susan, for taking the time to be with us today. It's good to see you. Thank you. Nice to see you too. Susan, for you, your start in the field of community was a very personal one. You've been managing community already way, way, way back when nobody even talked about community, when community building wasn't even a thing yet. It seems that purpose has always from the very beginning been the driver for your community activities. Back in 1997, actually, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, cancer, lymphoma, blood-related cancer, and I was 26, and I was a participant in some online communities like San Francisco Women on the Web, just for fun, and I looked around for an online community to get some support and answer some questions for young women with cancer, which I was at the time, and I couldn't find any, honestly. So I decided to launch my own online community for young women with cancer. It was very small. I got some volunteers to build it for me. And then I, I kind of got really into the concept of connecting people online and realized like that it's something I'm I'm really interested in and passionate about. That's kind of how I got my start. That community didn't last, but I continued doing online community. It's super interesting that you founded a community out of a personal need at that time. You felt that you didn't find in the marketplace out there what you needed to help you in a certain stage of your life. It makes me think about conversations about the goal in life and about what's the goal of community, right? Why do we even have communities? This sense of belonging, this sense that there are others that are going through the same things in life that we're experiencing that connects people and that that allows us to have this one thing to rally around and get support from. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Through the various communities that I've launched in in my career, 
The one thing that that I found is really unique about online community is you can access people that you aren't able to in other lines of work and in other forms of community. Honestly, online community is great for that. There are people that are housebound for various reasons. There are people that are celebrities um, or influencers that you can have direct connections with. You know, if you know how to get people's attention and you know, like the same principles follow along, whether it's social media or forums or events, it's all the same kind of principles in, in running online communities. This sense of belonging and this connecting that else you wouldn't get face to face with the people that you're mentioning right now, the celebrities, geographically also, especially with COVID, things have changed so much now that community has taken on a whole new face in the last year and a half for us. Yeah, it's the whole kind of global village thing. And we have a global network of partners and people all over the world. And we can really benefit from their communities. I think a lot of people don't think about community as groups of networks. Expand the edges of your own organization's network by reaching other people's networks. I think a lot of people think of it as a one-way megaphone to just advertise and talk about themselves. And they don't really think about there's a whole other aspect to it, which is not only listening, but asking the people who you identify as your friendly kind of super fans, asking them to share your message uh, and to introduce you to their networks. Like all of this can happen quite easily online. Online community is so valuable for nonprofits. It's like a give and take when you're talking about your partners, right? It's like with a family and with friendships, you don't just only give as an organization or me I don't only give to friends there comes a time where I can take as well when I need it so it's kind of like this reciprocity this this exchange and you're mentioning your partners I'm really curious the customers at TechSoup are nonprofits and TechSoup itself is a nonprofit and when I talk with you I get this deep sense that you like to add value to your customers. You put that first. You put that right. first. That's where you come from, right? So to me, I'm curious about what community means to TechSoup and what community means to you. Yeah, I think community is our global network. To TechSoup, it's, it's, it's not just our donor partners, which are part of our community. We are kind of running their social impact in a way for them. We're helping connect them to the nonprofits they want to serve. And then there's another community for TechSoup, which is the nonprofits that we serve, the nonprofits that come to us for products and courses and webinars and education and to meet each other. And then there's this whole other community, which are the networks of our global partners. So we have our global partners that specialize in nonprofits and tech in these different countries. And we help them run a program similar to ours. And then on top of that, we have these other community of tech for good uh, advocates, people like social entrepreneurs who in person before COVID and now virtually through our TechSoup Connect program. They might just be someone, you know, who's just a techie who wants to do good in the world or someone who attended a hackathon and wants to bring their project to bear. We also have a community of app developers who build apps for good. So we have lots of different communities as an organization. And for me, I mean, what I've always done as long as TechSoup's been around, which has been pretty much my whole career, 
is I've helped, I've used the same kind of principles to help these communities not only get their questions answered, but also network with each other. I think that's really important, giving them the space um, and the platform to network with each other and to benefit from our large, broad network. digital version of that, you also have a lot of programs that happen in person, the meetups where you're talking about hackathons, where people meet each other and engage. So this is not only a virtual network, it has ranged out a little bit into the real world as well. Yeah, we do have uh, many in-person events we did before COVID. We would have them in our San Francisco office, we'd have them in other offices, and then we had these regional meetups. And we helped our, our global partners have events. For example, our Europe office, they teach coding to kids. They have media events where they give lectures on disinformation and misinformation. So yeah, we do have on the ground components as well. It's just everything obviously has changed, but we're having all of those events. Some of the services are services that nonprofits typically offer to their communities, educating them further providing background information and materials, giving them access to tools that they can use to further their projects, connecting them to other stakeholders so they can build collaborations. You also have social media channels uh, that you're using. And you and I have talked about promo materials that, that you're working on. I'm wondering, <laughs> do a lot of nonprofits who have these things already in place have a community without even knowing that they have a community? Yeah, you know, community is everywhere. Nonprofits just might not think of it that way. Like, for example, a cohort of volunteers coming in to serve soup at a soup kitchen is a community. And they might not think of themselves that way, but a nonprofit could benefit instead of just emailing a bunch of people, a single email, which is one way, they could start a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group with that cohort of volunteers so they can share resources. We are actually at TechSoup going to launch a multi-sided marketplace. It'll probably be active by 2022. This marketplace will look a lot more like Etsy or Amazon, meaning that we're going to allow nonprofits to not only shop our catalog like they can now, but also put their own stuff up for other people to access. So some small organizations who have a, a similar mission can meet each other through our platform. So let's say, for example, we have an organization that serves uh, survivors of domestic violence in Hawaii can speak to an organization that does the same thing in Philadelphia. And they'll meet through TechSoup and then they'll have forum discussions and be able to share events and that kind of thing. So we're, we're really looking forward to blowing out this principle that I think is really a successful way to run community, to not forget about the end users connecting with each other and not have to hold all of the strings. I love that thought to bring people together around the product that they need to further their own mission. So how do you get people actively engaged in this virtual space? Do you put yeah. out competitions? Do you put out questions? How do you kind of engage people that go there? Because, you know, we're naturally shy if we come to a new platform. I mean, you think about it, nobody wants to dance in an empty party. Like no, nobody wants to walk into a party and be the only person dancing. So 
we will seed the forums. That's how I launched the TechSoup forums, to be honest. I mean, if I'm pulling the curtain back, uh, what really happened was I pretended to be 25 different people having conversations just to kind of ease up the pressure and that feeling of dancing alone. It's the same principles, no matter what the platform is, whether it's the launch of the TechSoup forums or a new Facebook group or a virtual world or a social media platform methodology is the same. You find out where they're talking right now. You go there, you introduce what you're doing, you find the most active members and you make them feel famous. And then you invite them to your community. It's quite a manual process because you can't automate this stuff. This is the very human part of technology. And when you see people who are starting to really kind of emerge as stars, you tap them and you say, hey, you know what? I love what you posted. I've pinned the post. I'm going to shine light on it on social media. It's all about cross-posting with online community. To grow the community network, you point to it in other places. You post something on Slack, and then you post the Slack post to the forums, and then you post that forum post to social media. And then it grows. And you ask other people internally, actually, at the organization, hey, this is an unanswered question that I think you'd be good at answering. Would you mind taking five minutes and answering it? It's manual at the beginning. And then once people start to actively participate, then you find the, the super fans. Every healthy community has at least 10 active super fans. The goal of every good community manager is to tap those people and know them. If you were to ask me, I know their names. I know some of their phone numbers. I know some of their birthdays. I know who has had tragedy in their lives. I know their pets' names. So get them on a Zoom call. And just have a monthly meeting and listen, because they're the ones who have their ear to the ground every day. I'm managing a lot of stuff. They're the ones who are like, you know what? This guy, you should tap this guy. He's great. Or or this person, you know, this person seems to be there to promote themselves. And maybe you should talk to them separately and ask them, you know, if they could be a little bit less spammy. So it's that kind of thing. Wow. There's a lot to unpack in here. I love what you just shared. This is amazing. So what I hear you say is that building community takes time. It takes a lot of effort because it's very personal. You need to build relationships. You need to truly, authentically want to get to know people. Your super fans, family situation, their ups and their downs in life, their pets, that's what it's all about, right? We need to know people. And only once we know them, on the one hand, we know what it is that they need from us, from our community. And that's super essential so that we can give it to them. But on the other hand, when we know them, they can also engage with us on the same level, right? They're not going to feel like we're talking to them. It feels like talking with them. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And, and to that point, um, actually, you bring up a very good point. I think a common mistake or a pitfall that nonprofits make is that just assume they know the categories that people want to speak in instead of, I recommend the bottom-up approach where you start pretty vague and broad and then listen and, and think, what are they talking about? And then you also have to remember people are people. Think about every online community as a conference. You don't only want to go to sessions. You also want to sit at the bar or sit at the cafe and meet people. So leave some room for undefined space. Expand those spaces like, you know, the pets forum and having pictures of your dogs and cats. Keep it human. 
And I have to tell you, that's, I think, where the best conversations happen, when it's unstructured, when you can just share a thought without having to think about it twice, whether this is the right fit, where do I post it, where do I not post it, who's going to think what about it, you don't have to think so much about censoring yourself. If you're in a forum and you have this open creative space, Mm -hmm. this is where the magic happens. That's exactly right. And it is interesting to think about it, like, again, across all channels. It's not just forums. It's in Slack. It's in Facebook groups. It's just to allow yourself to be human. And also occasionally, like if it's all one thread, like a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group, and it's not necessarily categorized, allow the space for people to show their humanity. Open up random questions like, what book have you read recently? Or is anyone traveling over the next couple months? Where are you going? Just asking questions that, that have nothing to do with work. And then I also think it's important when you're managing an online community to um, hold events, whether it's online or offline. Holding events is the glue between your community. You all come together around a various topic. I like the thought of events bringing everything together and being the glue. It brings me back to a thought that I heard a little while ago, right? Every person needs somebody to love. So that's kind of the people in the community. That's the people in our lives. We need something to do. That's often the engagement part that I'm thinking about, something that we can do every day. And we need something to look forward to in life. And I think the looking forward to part That's when I see events in a community because you get a lot of engagement before events when you're rallying up people, talking about your speakers, talking about coming together in real life, now in virtual forms, finding new ways to build events in online spaces in the last year and a half. So I think the events are really important, exactly like you say. They're the glue. They're the something that we look forward to in Mm -hmm. community and especially with nonprofits because funds are very limited. Big events often happen once or twice a year when we're doing fundraising efforts or when there is anniversaries. So I think it's the big looking forward to part. True. And and also afterwards, having events gives you something to write a wrap-up post about and it gives you content. And you're right about the excitement level, the kind of um, anticipation and the getting together in real time versus asynchronous. Like a lot of these online companies are asynchronous. Having the synchronous events and the ability to hear each other's voices where we just see each other's words on on a screen and see people's faces is really the, the best part about it honestly nonprofits don't have very large teams so having online communities may scare people off what's your advice for a nonprofit world that consider community yeah that's a great question people don't realize that they're already participating in online community when I think about nonprofits I always have in my mind a few different friends of mine who are executive directors of small nonprofits like they're super resource strapped and I've heard them say you know I don't have time I can't do that I don't have a marketing department I don't have a budget when I say you're already doing online community you just don't think about it that way then they'll say no I'm not I'll say do you use Facebook yes Are you in any Facebook groups? Yes. That's an online community. Are you on Instagram? Yes. Do you chime in and comment on posts and go to Instagram lives? Yes. That's community management. But I just reframe it. And I tell them that they can benefit so much by just starting a conversation and seeding it and letting their, telling their best members and their best volunteers and 
um, their constituents to share the word out to their own networks. It's the best way to grow their network is by doing that. Yeah. Otherwise, their mailing list is never going to grow. I, I love that thought, starting with what you already have. Don't be shy about it. Just use what you have and build onto it. Yeah. Make it grow bigger and bigger and bigger with the help of your community. They, they can help drive this. You just need to put together a strategy on how to leverage it. Have a plan. You don't need to do it all at once. You can do it. Step right. Step. Yeah. And actually on that note, one of the, the common mistakes I see that people make is they try to launch everything at once. Yeah. They Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn and TikTok. And they're like, oh my God, I can't do this. Forums and email lists. And what I always say is start where you're comfortable. Start with, with what you can sit on your phone in front of the TV or on the bus and do in your spare time and then grow it from there. Start in one channel. And then I usually say, well, I don't know where to start. Like, well, where is your audience? Is your audience mostly in Instagram or is your audience mostly in Facebook? And they say, my audience is mostly in Facebook. Start a Facebook group. It's easy. Free. It's easy. Start a LinkedIn group if that's where your audience is. And then in a year, you might be in three platforms. It's better than launching multiple platforms with the same content. Don't launch multiple platforms with the same content and push it out at the same time because then you're actually cannibalizing your own platforms. That is not a good thing. Very good advice. Thanks for sharing that, Susan. So 20, 21 years you've been building your career in community. Um, that's a very long time, Susan. I'm wondering, after all these years, what still attracts you to working in community? What is your kind of little magic that you see in it? I've been really fortunate because the, the beauty of online community is it's changing all the time. It's innovating. I wanted to be in tech. Like in my 20s, when the first dot-com boom happened in the early 2000s, you know, I wanted to be in tech, but I wasn't technical. And community is a great way to be in tech without having to be an engineer. I wasn't a programmer. I even think video games are difficult. So what's interesting is it's always changing. You can launch new initiatives all the time. I'm constantly looking for new places for us. And I, I think it's really fun. And, I, and I I'm a super connector. I'm that nerd who like manages my neighborhood's nextdoor.com community, even though this is my day job and my consulting job. I still do it for fun on the side as well as a volunteer because I love it. And I love connecting people. And I think it's really rewarding. I love what I'm hearing here that you still have a passion for community because community changes. You can change it up yourself if you want. I like that thought. Uh, just mm -hmm. look at it from a bit of a different perspective and approach it from a different direction. Also, if something doesn't work for you, don't be afraid to shut it down. Tell me a bit more about that. I have a lot of fail factor stories. I mean, it's like I'm not flawless and sometimes a community will do really, really well and then it kind of dies and sizzles out and or as was the case for our second life committee, we outgrew it. Like it's still going. Just TechSoup outgrew it and it wasn't fitting our needs anymore. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to kill it. In that case, I thought, what's the best thing I could do with this community? I felt like it had value for the members. There were people who were housebound in wheelchairs, who weren't able to travel, but they were able to meet every Friday with these you know, people that became their friends, these colleagues. Yeah. So I gave it to the members. In that instance, I decided the best thing to do for that community would be to hand over all the assets mm -hmm. and 
written off and let them take it and run. And they're still doing it. So, I mean, it's okay. And then you can also explore things and think, you know what? I thought this was going to work for us. It's not. Mm-hmm. Let's take a different approach. Twice now I've launched a community in Slack and um, from the ground up. And once it was really successful. And the other time it was crickets. And it was really that the audience wasn't used to Slack and Slack is not the most user-friendly community. It really isn't. You have to be of a certain technical aptitude and get used to it. And the learning curve was too high. So I said, okay, I tried for two months, nothing happened. And so I told the community, it doesn't feel like we're getting a lot of traction here. And I posted one poll question, where do you guys talk to each other? They all said Facebook. So I was like, okay, I shut it down. I moved the group to Facebook and then it was thriving. What you're saying is give it a try because nothing is set in stone. You can pass it on to somebody else. You can give it back to the community. You can just end it if it's not right, or you can move it somewhere else. Yep. You can give it to someone else. Exactly. Yep. Love it. And and then there's this whole other thing where somebody might do it better than you. And and you can accept that too. You can say, you know, I tried really hard to launch um, a LinkedIn group about this topic. And then I noticed that the reason it's not getting any buzz is because Uh, and this this actually happened is we have a LinkedIn group for TechSoup that was not getting a lot of traction. And I was wondering why the engagement was so low. And then I realized everyone's going to Heather Mansfield, who runs um, the nonprofit Tech for Good group. She's got nearly a million followers on Twitter and everyone's going there. And so why would I want to compete with her? Just yeah. like sometimes it's like better to just say, okay, someone's doing it better. Let, let me direct my people over to her group. Yeah. Find your niche, find your space, find where you belong. Yeah, and meet people where they're at. Don't try to force them into a platform that they're not comfortable in. That's it. Best advice I can give anyone is first, before you say, the, the, the first step to your strategy shouldn't be, I want a Facebook group. It should be, who's my audience? Who do I want to talk to? And then you nail that down. Think of the persona of the audience. And then you think, where does that audience participate in online community? You can even ask them one by one and, you know, ask 20 people. And then when you find out that that's your answer of where you should be. Yeah, that's where you find your sweet spot. Many people in the community world deeply believe that community-led companies are our future, especially after what happened with us with COVID-19 right now. The world is changing. How we work is changing. So a lot of people think community is going to take us to the future. How do you think that's going to look like for nonprofits? Do you think nonprofits can only succeed if they offer community components going forward? I mean, I think community will help nonprofits uh, get volunteers and get donors beyond their existing networks. I think having online community will help them grow their lists and help them get the word out about their missions. It's better for nonprofits, especially small local nonprofits, you know, benefit from spreading their missions through online networking. And I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Even if it's like a small senior dog rescue, they can only benefit just in terms of awareness building and marketing and in terms of volunteers, getting volunteers. 
Absolutely. Susan, yeah. it's really clear that community has shaped your life. It's shaped who you are. It's shaped who you surround yourself with. I see your beautiful rescue dog on your lap as we're talking. Mm -hmm. Do you have a final piece of advice for someone who's, after hearing our conversation today, who's still on the fence about whether or not they should start a community or what the value of community is? Getting insight from your membership, listening to what they think is invaluable. And I think that would be a, a great reason to uh, start an online community because you might think your organization is all about one thing and people benefit because of one thing. And then you might find out that it's totally different, the reason that they're going or the benefit that they have. Learning from your audience is a huge benefit. Extending your network beyond your existing list is a huge benefit to online community. Organizations grow because of word of mouth and peer-to-peer. -peer. And many-to-many -many is the best way to do that because you're so close to your material. You're so close to what you're doing that getting the feedback from others is really invaluable. And you know, it only has to be incremental. It doesn't have to be all at once. You can give yourself the amount of work that you want to do. Like you can say, I only have five hours a week of cycles to spend on this. And then that is all that you will. So, I mean, there's no downside. It's it's only a win-win and it's it doesn't have to be so overwhelming. And, and, you know, lastly, I would just say that, you know, having an online community is also a great way to see what content resonates with your audience. So if you're like posting blog post after blog post and it's not getting the clicks, you have an ability to ask questions like, what could we do differently? What do you want to learn? What, do you, what should we be doing in our programming? Yeah. And again, that, that will only benefit you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Susan, to you and to your dog, Gigi, for sharing your time, for sharing your expertise, for telling your story. And you're absolutely right. Community is about storytelling and about bringing people together. So thank you for being here today. It was such a pleasure having you. Thank you. It's been fun. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Building Community Podcast. Is there a leader in your organization or network who needs to hear this? Please share this podcast with them. Help get the word out about the immense value of community. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave us a review. Until next time, help your communities thrive.